energies. So I want to get a, a feel for the energies that exist around us. The energies that we can't see and the energies that can't really be scientifically proven. And I've heard people talk in the past about a lot of things that I don't understand right now. Chakras and samadhas and many of the things that come from Eastern philosophies. I guess in a way I've kind of looked looked at them as somewhat ridiculous, possibly, or just be like, ah, that's for really weird stuff that I do not understand. Um, I've been looking into it a little bit lately and working to understand it better. And and for myself, I mean, this is right now, this is called searching for mature energy. And somehow I fell into the whole energy thing because really the premise of what I feel I'm working to get across is that adults, when it comes to serious matters, don't act like children. That's that's basically what I'm working to be able to communicate to people. Because that's what I strongly feel. And I'm just working on ways to present that and to make it make sense, you know, to myself. You know, I'm searching. I don't even know what the podcast is called right now. It's like searching or whatever, searching for mature energy. And that's what I'm like looking for for myself right now, too. So I'd like to think that we're all in this together. I That phrase is not a popular one right now. Anyways, so these energies that exist, it's like you feel these energies like they're they're around us. You've got light energy and you can see that from a shadow. And doing things like photography, you're you're measuring light, you're seeing light. When you take a photo, you know, every pretty much most everything is in a digital form, which comes down to zeros and ones. It's all binary in extremely complex forms. It almost becomes analog. But you see you see these shadows and you see these things and when you take a picture, uh, a digital form of something is never quite the same as as the eye sees it, as the natural being sees it. So you, you can see these light temperatures and you learn a little bit about, about photography, you learn about color and you learn about Kelvin, which is the light temperature. So that's measured. Daylight would be about 5,600 Kelvin. That would be the temperature of it. Indoor light. Hmm. Well, now there's so many LED lights and stuff, but nice indoor light because you don't want daylight light temperature at night. You kind of want that burning candle kind of feel. So you walk into places that got 5600 Kelvin light, which is, you know, helps for plant growth and things like that. There's kind of a natural opposition to that. So I personally, I'm not a fan of 5600 Kelvin light inside. And I don't like color mismatching. But that's a form of energy that you can see right there. 
because you got the sun energy, which is about 5,600 Kelvin, and then you've got firelight, which I would surmise is about 2,800, 3,200 Kelvin. Indoor lights are 3,200 Kelvin, and they seem to be some kind of form of like candlelight. So these energies exist around us. So those social energies exist amongst us as people. You know, if I walk down the street and I just push a stranger, you know, that's probably not going to go over too well. I mean, it might go over well, but I doubt it, you know. It's, you know, there's different sayings. And the thing about energies and chakras and all this stuff is that I think it gets too far out to the point that it's unbalanced. And people don't even want to listen to it because it just gets dismissed as just completely ridiculous. And people don't want to listen to it. And it's popular, but it isn't. But even the people that follow it, I don't think really get it. And I think that it's way too complicated. Like, way too complicated. Like, maybe we need to get some kind of consortium or we need to get a democracy on like, hey, hey, everyone, let's agree on this on these energies and my theory would be that right now we're written just like a super complicated time still like we're still on the uh, after effects of world war ii i feel because i think that was such a just an absolute unimaginable amount unimagined unimagined violence and destruction that people had to go through and people that are alive today are like descendants of well yeah people that are alive today are there are still not it's decreasing every day um people that were alive during world war ii um in different wars and stuff like that i think the the purpose of wanting to understand humans at least for myself is that i want a peaceful state and I think that a lot of things that are happening nowadays aren't aren't leading towards a good future when we have that ability to have a good future. And I've grown up in a time where probably I could almost safely say that I've probably grown up in one of the most peaceful, amazing times to ever be a human being. And as things change now, we're seeing things get restricted and we're seeing things... You know, things changing quite a bit and it has me quite concerned on who's going to win in the end. And the thing that I want to see more than anything is I want to see truth. I want to see, you know, I don't, I don't like it when corruption is hidden, obviously. And I don't like to see that chaotic energy ensue amongst people. Here in Canada, we've got what's an obviously, and I don't want to go into a rant, but and just an absolute real estate scam around Metro Vancouver. Just an absolute scam. But we let it happen. And people that bring their money here and whatever is the case, it's so complicated. It's a mythology. <clears throat> and obviously the people that own homes are happy with it. But it's, it's corrupt. It's not good for the future. It's not good for the kids. I'm also right now reading the book by Robert Sapolsky, Robert Sapolsky, which is one of my favorite people on earth, is Robert Sapolsky. 
Professor Robert Sapolsky um, in his book, Behave. I just could not recommend it enough. And a lot of it goes way over my head. Sure. You know, you're talking about the parasympathetic nervous system and there, there's so many different things. But anyways, it's awesome. I love it. And what was it? A lot of it's been up to the point because I'm about a quarter way through it. It's about like if humans go through stress and then if babies aren't touched, they, you know, you can feed a baby milk and things like that. But the baby actually needs that energy. And that goes to my theory of genetic energy is that, yeah, of course, a baby needs love or affection or needs to know that it's safe like a human being when a baby and i've talked about this earlier how like a baby is never wrong a baby is almost the closest thing to i mean it's a useless useless completely useless human being useless i don't think anyone could argue that i don't see a lot of babies you know um delivering mail or anything like that you know babies are kind of funny because they're they can't be wrong, and uh, they don't know anything, really. I mean, they've got their genetic makeups right there, and and they're this, this human being. It's, uh, babies are just a, a wonderful creature, but it's really important to keep that genetic energy safe, and, and the mother-child relationship is something that can never really be um, compared to anything. But I believe it comes down to that genetic energy, and you want to support the genetics you've created after your baby is born, right? Yeah. So this was just a discussion about energy and hope you hope you find your own.